This is Music Mentality with Angie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello everyone and welcome back. I'm Angie and last week's guest was a lovely fellow by the name of Scuff Mixon. This episode is a part two and a continuation of last week's conversation. In this half, we talk about healthy work ethics, what inspiration is, including inspiring books and movies, and how to overcome writer's block. So, hope you enjoy. But you worked two full-time jobs. That's a lot. When did you find the time to, you know, make music? Um, gosh, I guess it was like on off days or I would have like, the weekend sometimes I would get like those two days off in a row and I did it in a very unhealthy way because like I didn't get to make music all week and I'm in the pizza shop writing lines I'm in the back of the class while these you know my seven-year-old students are painting they're doing Jackson Pollock you know I would just give them some paint and let them let them wing it at the canvas and it was it was a blast but I'm back there like writing like you know, because those kids were inspiring. They always inspired me. I had some of the coolest, like, these kids were just, like, cooler than most adults I knew. And they were just, like, smart. And they always said things that inspired me that would prompt me to write something in the back of the class. And uh, so, I, you know, I'd go a week or two without, like, really being able to dive in and write. I always, like, played acoustic when I got off of work. But I would hit that two-day, two, you know, double off day and I would just stay up for 48 hours and like not eat not you know I was just like music 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 and obsessed over it and basically just made time but there was no balance Mm. therefore it was very like very manic and very um yeah it was not stressful but just it was just a lot it's difficult yeah it's very difficult one thing I do want to say though it's um music that's the beauty of it you it's not a location you know you can have a notebook and you can write anywhere you can like always think it up in your head so that's something I love about music that it can I can take it everywhere I go mind you I can't like walk around with my keyboard on my back everywhere I go that's a little bit difficult but um you know is that what you play uh, primarily like keyboard or so I actually I've been playing the piano since I was four years old and I Yeah, I finished the Royal Conservatory of Music, which is, I mean, I recently found out that it's not really well known in the States, but um, (laughs) you're like pulling out the flex and everyone's like the what? (laughs) Yeah, 
<laughs> exactly. But right. it's basically so like the official conservatory of piano um, school, essentially. Wow. And I loved it and I hated it. And, <laughs> you know, it reminds me of um, it, it's something that I say all the time. Piano was my first heartbreak. Like, I mean, truly like it was my first heartbreak and I don't think that heartbreaks are reserved for significant others. Absolutely um, not. No, my worst, I, one of my worst heartbreaks was music. Literally. Yeah. I feel it. <laughs> yes. I had practiced eight. No, sorry. I was going through a phase where I was like, Oh my God, no party and like friends. And then I stopped practicing and mm-hmm. it was classical music. And I, it was a period of my time where I hated classical because none of my friends could sing to classical and like, I can't bring classical to campfire. So, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like angry at the fact that I was playing classical music and I didn't practice much and ultimately I failed my 10th and final grade. Some time passed and I was like, okay, you know what? Like I like the piano and I'm like right there anyways. I kind of just want to finish it off. So I like, reignited this love for music. I fell in love. I was like, this piano is an extension of my body. Like these keys are who I am. Like it's a part of me. And I would practice seven hours a day, Monday to Friday, and then nine hours on weekends, every, every day, every day. And I practiced and I practiced and I loved it. And then I failed. And it was like literally the most difficult thing ever because it's an extension of who I am. It's a part of me. It yeah. is my soulmate and it failed me and I failed yeah. it and we deceived each other. And it felt like this betrayal. And it was to the point where, you know, I'd walk past my piano and I wouldn't be able to look at my piano at all um, because I was so heartbroken and I couldn't touch it. I couldn't play it because again, we, we had betrayed each other. And um, finally, wow. Yeah. Finally, I sat back down and I was like, let's try this again. And it took everything. I kid you not everything out of me to pick myself back up and try again. Seven hours a day, nine hours on weekends all over again until I finally passed. And it felt so amazing to pass with honors, too. I was like ecstatic because I was like, yes, like we rebuilt this relationship. Right. Yeah. Um. So piano like a stronger foundation too. I feel like that, that little fail and well, what you consider the fail, you know, is like, it made it so much more deserving and so much like, I don't know, just uh such a bigger win when you actually, when you actually did it, like, that's cool though. Yeah. I and I mean, it's really taught me that you can grow and you can get back up. And it took me months upon that. It took me like seven or eight months to even touch the piano, let alone open my mm-hmm. notes up and try again. Like it took me a long time, but yeah. I needed that time. And that actually reminds me of um, an analogy someone once made. And it was that a cheetah is known for its speed, but most of the time it's resting so that it could accumulate that speed and then run. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it's a really like important thing. When you come out of a writing block or something, you know, like I'm sure you've experienced like sometimes I it's a lot of times actually like I'll write something and I'll go, oh, my gosh, like. That's the last thing I'm ever going to write, like, oh, my gosh, like how how am I ever going to write something again? Like this is it. And I, yes. I don't know, there's always that feeling where you're like, how did I write that? And will it happen again? And I don't feel anything right now. So like, 
oh my gosh, it might never happen again. And then, you know, you, you go, you kind of almost talk yourself into that, like writing rut or that, that writer's block or whatever you want to call it. And a lot of times it's like, when you come out of that writer's block and I tell people, a lot of people ask me, um, they'll be like, Hey man, like, you're just, you know, you write a lot. And like, how, how do you deal with writer's block? And I go, I don't, I just let it, I just let it go for a minute. Like, even if it's just a couple of days, mm-hmm. I'll just go the next two days. I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to shop. I'm going to make smoothies. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to, I'm just going to like, I'm going to, you know, do my thing and not worry about writing. Mm-hmm. And when you come out of a writing block, it's like this, it's like the water main just has been building up and just breaks. And it's like an absolute flood of like six great songs. And yeah then it happens again. And then you're back and you're like, I'll never write anything again. And it's just this crazy circle. And it comes back to, like you said, you know, a lot of us know we're going to be okay. A lot of us know we're going to write that next song, maybe not today or tomorrow, but it's going to come. And I think it's more or less just like to have those life experiences to write about. Sometimes you got to go for a bike ride and go try Mm -hmm. out a restaurant you never tried and Go meet up with an old friend and, you know, go do some things like don't obsess over your art 24 seven all the time. Yeah. There's inspiration everywhere. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you ever gone, if you've ever gone on vacation, that always makes me want to write. Yeah. Because you just experience a new culture, a new language or a new uh, food or scenery, like all that stuff is just so inspiring. So. Yeah. And I mean, the kids that you taught, was there one specific like inspiring thing that any one of them have ever said that has really been like mind blowing to you? Um, oh my gosh, they said so many funny things, but I'm trying <laughs> to think like, um, a lot of them, it was just so pure, like how, how pure kids are is so funny. Like, um, I can't think of necessarily like honestly all the time, you know, they would just say the littlest, simplest thing, you know, uh, the one day I was like kind of rushed and I was getting everyone and I was like, sorry guys. Like I, I was a little busy this morning. You know, I didn't get to like set up all the, all the canvases and you know, the little girl just looks up and she, she's like, that's okay. Mr. Casey, like, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> Hey, thanks. Like, thanks for giving me a break. You have no idea what, like, what I went through last night talking to like a seven-year-old, you know, and she's like, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. You know, she's just like super chill. And it's just like, I don't know. They just do what they feel. They say what they feel. And kids know more than adults. I'm telling you, I teach piano to kids. And some of these kids literally teach me more than I teach them. A thousand percent. Like it is so fun. Uh, This one I have to tell you, because it's so funny. Like this one kid, he was my favorite and he was just so sweet. And you could tell he kind of didn't have like a great home life. Um, like his parents would drop him off like super early and it was like winter and like the school doors weren't even open. You know what I mean? Like, so I'd let him in and I'm not going to say names or anything, but um, he was just so funny. And he comes up to me. He's like, Mr. Casey, I want to play with her. And I was like, well, go ask her if you could play with her. And we just had like this 20 minute block building time where I could set up the next project and they could kind of stay occupied. So I'm like, well, go ask her if you could play. And so he like, he walks over there and he's like, 
I see him like real shy and he's like, Hey, can I play with you? And she just looks at him and she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he just turns around and he looks at me and he just like throws up both his hands. And he's like, what? And I just kind of looked at him and I'm like, well, I don't know, man. That's how life goes. That's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I mean, the answer is it's always going to be yes. It is what it is. (laughs) The hard no from her, bud. You got to play with someone else. And uh, yeah, it was just funny, like watching them interact and some of these kids, you know, like they would come in and be like, can we listen to the Black Keys today? I'm like, how old are you? Like, you're seven years old and you want to hear the Black Keys? Like, well, the options were the Wiggles, Frozen soundtrack (laughs) of the Black Keys. So you know what I went with. We're listening to Black Keys all day. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've never seen Frozen. I know every word to that soundtrack because every birthday party, that's what they wanted to listen to. And I had birthday parties like once or twice a week. I was like, you guys are killing me. I'm walking home in in the ghetto of Chicago. I'm just like, let it go. (laughs) (laughs) So do you still teach kids? I don't. And um, it's been a while, actually, since I did. I when I moved back to Cleveland over five years ago now, um, it was just less open minded. And, you know, I have a couple small like hand tattoos. I'm a tattoo artist. So I went with like tattoos kind of I didn't think I would ever have to worry about uh, another profession. (laughs) But uh Chicago, they were totally cool with the gauges. You know, I have like just the nose ring. Like there's a couple things that threw off the teacher vibe, Um, but they had no problem with it there. They gave me a two week trial and I got some like really nice notes from parents that were all my kids can't wait to see Mr. Casey. And, you know, all it was just really cool. So I got hired in there. And when I came back here with that on my resume, I was like, cool, I'm going to get a job as a art teacher no problem mm-hmm. and uh that was just not the case I went in and they were like what they were like are you kidding me you have like gauges and nose rings and you just look crazy and like they basically just laughed at me and were like not a chance I kind of realized like oh Ohio's pretty far behind Chicago as far as like uh just being open-minded and you know realizing that I might be a way better teacher than the very clean-cut looking guy like you know, uh, those kids love me and I cared so much about them, man. Like, I feel like it is a small void in my life that because my mom babysat my whole life. So I grew up around kids and taking care of we took care of each other. I had like my actual brother and sister. And then I had like seven brothers and sisters that were just at my house every day because my mom watched them all. And I don't know, I just I really liked um I just feel like I'm really good at talking to kids. Like I can kind of talk to them the same way I talk to you. I maybe a little, little like different of a voice, but I don't (laughs) talk to them like babies. I don't, you know, like, yeah, I really can talk to kids and they just are like, they're funny as hell. They crack me up. You know, the one kid looked at me the one day and he's like, Mr. Casey, you got holes in your ears. (laughs) I was like, I know. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. It's just like, you're right, Greg. I do. Good observation. Do. <laughs> no, it's interesting that you bring up the um, notion of appearance because 
Um, so I'm finishing up my degree in psychology right now. And one of my current assignments is that I'm doing the, I'm doing a research on the history of intelligence testing. And I'm not sure mm. if you know much about the history of it, but quick history lesson. Um, no, please. Yeah. Galton, who was Charles Darwin's cousin, came up with the idea of, you know, testing for intelligence and it stemmed from eugenics. So, I mean, the whole idea of testing for intelligence, just terrible roots. Um, and sure, yeah. yeah, one of his firm beliefs was determining someone's intelligence based on their appearance, the color of their skin, their hair, um, mm. their eyes. Yeah. And all these like different physical attributes apparently dictated how intelligent someone was. And, you know, that was years upon years ago. And people are like, oh, yeah, like, obviously, we've made progress since then. I mean, sure, maybe we made some progress in one way or another. But like, did we? Sure. Did we if we can't get a job for the way we look? It's it, it's yeah, it's so slow. And I think I think that like, is our are on the right track but like there is spots in ohio where you know i get looked at like i am just like an axe murderer or something and i could i just feel i'm like i you know i don't feel welcome here just because of gauges or something you know and my own older members of my own family will be like what are you doing why are you doing that and i'm like what who are you <laughs> What are you doing? What, you know, why do you care so much? And it's so funny because the, the kids don't care. No, they don't. That's the thing. Kids don't, don't care. care. That's why kids are more, they're so much smarter than most adults that I know because they're like, they, they just care about real things. <laughs> they do. They do you know? care about real things. It's like, like, they, I don't know, like having a good time and playing and <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about taxes. <laughs> No, but it's like when we grow up, we hear all these things about, you know, like reconnect with your inner child, or at least the spiritual community says that a lot. And yeah. there's a reason for it. It's our, as children, we see the world for what it is. We have different goals. We are so much more accepting We're it's for many of us, it's easier to say no or yes, as kids, like like that girl, for example, I don't know, like at this point in my life, I'd probably feel pressured to say, yeah, yeah, like come play. But sure. um, this girl yeah, was like, I think no. like, <laughs> I feel that as well. In my older age, I do feel like, um, like I, I, I stick up for things that I believe in for sure. Like I'm, I'm the nicest person. I'll never screw you over, but yeah, I'll slap a racist for sure. Like, I, I you should, as I you should, deal with, you know, uh, as a last resort, but I will open-handed. Um, and yeah, it's almost like I, I find myself sometimes in my older age, like really wanting to like not hurt, hurt people's feelings and not wanting to make other people feel uncomfortable. And therefore sometimes, you know, I find myself just like going along with something that someone said, even, I don't know. I, I did a podcast where like the, they kept talking about something and I was just like, I don't want to talk about this. And I could have easily just said that, but I kind of felt like I was like, well, it's his podcast. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, take the reins. And it was just weird because that is a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. That is a nervous thing that I feel like, Oh, well, I want to, I don't want this person not to like me, you know, whereas a kid, it's like, do you want to play with me? No, <laughs> that's okay. that easy. <laughs> And it's just like in 30 seconds, that kid was over it, you know, and um, 
and it's it's just like we lose that ability to just be uh to not worry about what everybody's going to think all the time. And, you mm -hmm. know, I think that that takes away from sometimes who we are and what we are. And, and it's, it disappoints me when I feel myself do it, you know, like if I give some flick someone, the bird on the, you know, on the freeway, cause they're put, they put my life in danger. I still feel bad. You know, mm -hmm. I do yeah. it and I go, ah, I should have given him a thumbs down. You yeah. Know, like, no, a thumbs down. <laughs> just like a come on, man. Um, no, and it's interesting that we're having this conversation just because I find that creating music actually brings us back to that this is what I'm feeling and I don't care what you think, you know? Exactly. So. And it allows you to I always said, you know, as an angsty teen, I was like, if you listen to my music, you know, you would understand me. <laughs> and Honestly, it's like something I could say today. I wouldn't because I'm not that petty and I'm not arguing with my mom these days saying, you don't understand me, mom. Just listen to my music. And uh, <laughs> but it is something I could say today because I feel like you know, I'm a very open, honest person. I talk about my feet like a lot of people are like, you say I love you to your to your guy friends like a lot. And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I love them. And it's, you know, I'm just a very open person like like mm -hmm. that. I don't, I've lost enough people in my life that I didn't get to say, I love you on a daily basis. So mm -hmm. now when I hang up with my bro, it's like, yeah, dude, I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> and my girlfriend's just like, so used to it. You know, at first she's like, who's that on the phone? I'm like, oh, it's Jay. It's my buddy. You know, she's like, you say that to your guy friends. And I've noticed that it's like almost an abnormal thing that a lot of people call me out on. They go, Huh, you like hug your boys every time. But <laughs> that's so yeah. sad. I wish that more people were accustomed yeah. to saying I love you and to hugging people and to showing affection. Like that is not yeah. reserved for a significant other. Absolutely not. Every time we hang up the phone, my, my friend will say, All right, I love you, brother. It's like, I love you too, man. Talk to you later. If I don't say it, he'll say it. It's just like it's this thing that we all understand. And like, I don't know, that that alone can can cheer me up if I'm having a bad day, you know, mm -hmm. just hearing my buddy, hearing my boy, Jerry be like, I love you, bro. Talk <laughs> to you tomorrow. I'm like, God, I love you too, man. Good job, Jerry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> shout out to Jerry. my boy. <laughs> He's always been there. But, well, uh, it sounds like you really surround yourself by a, with a good support system. I think that's really important. Yeah. It's gotten, that's something my dad always, that was like my dad's biggest thing. He was like, if you are a good friend, and you have a cup, he's like, if you have one friend that you can trust with your life, that you can trust with anything, like you are so lucky, you have no idea. And, you know, I feel like I have a, a nice little handful and mm -hmm. um, they've been around forever. That's the thing that really like throughout my life, people I meet that meet, you know, Billy and JR and Jay, you know, all these Tyler and all my friends, like, they're like, we tell a story from when we were 14, you know, and they're like, holy, they're like, you guys have been friends that long. And you start to realize like a lot of people don't have that. So I do feel really lucky to have like people in my life that have been there that knew my dad, that were there when he passed, that were there when my sister had a baby, were there when I got in my, my tooth knocked out because, you know, I'm, I can't shut up and I tried to stick up for myself and <laughs> all my friends have been there through so much that it's just like uh we're like a puzzle of all these people and yeah. all these different experiences 
Absolutely. And we've all like helped each other grow so much and we've all had our own things. And, you know, my friends have told me like, Hey man, you're not, this is not the right way to go. Like you're doing dumb stuff. You can't deal with things this way. And thank God I had them around to tell me that, you know, you don't surround yourself with a bunch of yes, men, a, a mm-hmm. bunch of yes, people that, and know that you can do no wrong in their eyes. Cause that, you got to hear out your friends and, and usually, you know, there's this study, which I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I feel like you would probably know a lot more about it than me, but it, it's, I believe it was a Harvard study that they said that there's probably at least three people in your life that know you better than you know yourself. And it's basically because, you know, we come up with this perspective of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's almost impossible not to, but your friend can say so much easier from an outside perspective, like, Hey, you don't seem all right. And they might know that you're hurting before you even know you're hurting. Oh yeah. 110. Like I come downstairs sometimes. It's, it's scary. <laughs> I yeah. They'll say it. They'll be like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. And like, <laughs> obviously you're not because you just got really offended. Like I've done that where I'm just like, no, I guess I'm not okay. Actually, you know, <laughs> continue. So sorry. No, don't be sorry. I was just going to say like, sometimes I'll come downstairs and I don't even say anything before I even enter my kitchen. My sister's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Why? Why? Like, well, I never said something was wrong. Why would you think right. something was wrong? Today was actually a great day. Why? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. My girlfriend, she did, she is so not a morning person. She'll be like, she'll get up and I'll be like, what's wrong? And she's like, what do you mean? I just woke up. Nothing is wrong. And then like, you know, she wakes up and she's like, I don't know. I just had a headache and I woke up and I'm like, see, I knew something was wrong. <laughs> like, but it is weird. Like we just it is so hard for us to see ourselves as we are. Mm-hmm. And that's like just looking in the mirror and being like very self-aware and all that stuff is, is tough to do. And, and it all comes back to like writing things down. It's I true. Think that helps so much, so much. Yeah. And like a huge um, philosophical question that was debated for a very long time was what does it mean to be you? And um, one of the things that I love mm. that I learned from my philosophy class way back when was that there is so many different versions of yourself. And so when someone says something about you, like your close friend acknowledges something about you that you don't even know, well, it's because your friend knows you in a different way than you know yourself. And that is how there's not just one version of you out there. There's an infinite amount of yous right. out there. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's such a, like, I don't know, for lack of better terms, just like a trippy thought, but it absolutely is true. Like you are not the same person to anyone that knows you, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I think that I'm someone like, have you ever met people that are very like, I was going to say moldy, but <laughs> that's not the word I'm looking for, but like people that mold to, uh, they're surrounding. You know what? I, like, I knew uh, what you meant before. Moldy you even... people. <laughs> no, I actually like, I thought of like someone who fits into a mold more than I thought of moldy. I'm glad your head went there instead of like, yeah. Yeah, like a moldy, cheesy person or something. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, I, I think that I'm very much the same in any, uh, any environment and around any people with different interests and like, whatever, like I, I pretty much always the same, you know, I do have friends that like, you know, get me a little like, uh, 
we get a little wild together or something like we work off each other's energy, mm-hmm. but, uh, excuse me, but yeah, most of the time, you know, I feel like I'm very much the same and I see people sometimes like act very different around other people. And I just go, wow, that's a totally different Joe Schmo than I know. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. never seen Joe Schmo do that or whatever, <laughs> you know, and it, and it's just strange. I think that, um, that's just such a bad I think that that's such an unhealthy thing to do because imagine how much energy you're wasting trying to be something you're not. Then you're also getting people to subscribe to like, okay, so your podcast, people subscribe to you thinking that they're, this is what they're getting, you know, real talks about real things and not, and, um, and just mental awareness and all these, but halfway through season two, you start being just like a roast show where your guest comes on and you just roast them (laughs) people are going to be so confused because you lied to them you didn't give them yourself you Mm -hmm. tricked them and I think that that's what a lot of people do in relationships is we want to impress someone on a first date so you give them this perfect you know hey I'm I'm scuff and oh I'm you know I've never done any wrong and yes I agree with you on everything and you're just so worried about getting someone to like you that you actually don't realize that you're setting yourself up for them to absolutely hate you, hate you in the future. Cause they're yeah. going to resent that you are not who they thought. And they subscribed to you thinking that this was you. And then all of a sudden, three years into a relationship, you realize, man, you are not the person I thought. Mm. So I 110% agree But at the same time, I, for example, let's use my podcast as an example again. Um, I think that I make jokes sometimes and I'm a very humorous person and I can be roasty. I don't bring that into this podcast because like that is like this podcast is one of my one trait of my personality, but like my roasting or like my joking is another trait that I just don't bring into this. So it's interesting when you, when we talk about this conversation, just because it's like, I mean, what if they were, what if we like rephrase it? And it's like, I'm just showing you one of my faces, but we're not compatible with the other faces that I've got, because I mean, we have layers, humans have so many layers to them. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm like, Yeah, I like that thought process too to like slow me down and be like, well, that doesn't, um, you know, I don't, I think it could be opposites attract. I think it could be, you know, uh, I I don't think there's a, there's not like a right way at all. It's more or less just like, yeah, like just disagreeing with someone politically doesn't mean that you don't um, like them as a person. Like you said, there's layers and things, you know, there's things I do that, you know, my, my girlfriend might not, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll read her a poem and she's like, that's cool. And I'm like, oh no, that's like the most beautiful thing in the world, you know? <laughs> but it's like, dude, we have the best thing going, you know? But it's like, at the same time, you don't have to um, agree with everything. You don't have to be interested in everything. It's just more of like, a, just be real about it. Just yeah. be open and yeah. I, I love that though. You're absolutely right. It, yeah. Cause I like, I think about everything at once. Yeah. Cause I think about myself with my friends and I think that I have something to offer different to each one of my friends and they have something different to offer to me. Each one of them mm-hmm. is very, very different. My friendship with one friend is 
vastly different than my friendship with another friend because Absolutely. I mean, we have layers. So, you know, this layer is compatible with you. And then this layer is compatible with you. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that we're not, we're not one face. We don't have one face. I don't want to say we're two faced because that sounds terrible, but <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, yeah. No, but it's not one dimensional. It's, it's exactly. just, there's so many, there's so many parts and you, and you click with different, like I have my buddy who's a poet. So of course, when we get together, you know, we, we, we have a beer and we, we're reading each other, our favorite poems and things that we wrote. I love whereas that. like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, whereas my other buddy, like he would want, he wouldn't want to do that, but like, he would definitely want to play some badminton in the backyard, you know? So like, that's what we do. And, you know, it, I think that, um, playing that, that having like, you know, you might be a healer to one of your friends. Whereas another friend, you're a motivator. Whereas another friend, you're there. Mm -hmm. And you do, you play different roles in your life for different people, just as you're a daughter to your mother and you're a sister to your brother. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's different roles and different times when things are, um, you know, like appropriate. Like I don't show my grandpa magnificent because all it's going to take is for him to hear, you know, how fucking ignorant. And he'll be like, oh, what? (laughs) Like to my grandpa, I, you know, I uh, am not, I'm not who a lot of, I'm not the same person to him that you see even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 100%. So, yeah. It's very strange. I don't know. That's a, it's a cool thing though. I think that, I think that that kind of gives you um, variety in your life. You know, what if all your friends were just kind of different versions of the same people? You know, it'd just be like kind of weird. It'd be like being friends with a bunch of yourselves. Like, yeah, that's my favorite part about my friends. I have in my five best friends, I have, you know, a singer, a guitarist, a professional magician, an EMT firefighter. You know, like we are vastly different. And I think that's what makes my friend group so like beautiful because we all do such different stuff and we all have such different passions Mm -hmm. and you know we just uh it's like our own little world with each other and a balance of that and And it's the very thing that contributes to your own growth and your own development and your own like three dimension many dimensional being like we are so much more than just one thing so I think that's really great (laughs) it's like you said with the mosaic of people I like that a lot because uh, you know, younger, I don't know. I was a skateboarder. So I had a lot of like run-ins with cops, nothing like serious, but they would always just be like, what are you, what are you kids doing here? Get the hell out of here. And like, I don't know. It was, um, I forget what, uh, shit. I forgot where I was going with that. It was, um, oh, this cop said to me, he goes, you know, he's like, you are who you hang with. And it made me so mad because I had some friends back then that you know did a lot of like I was always the nervous one I was like we shouldn't be doing we shouldn't skate in there guys and everyone was like dude it's fine we do it all the time and then we would go skate in there and then I would be in the back of the cop car like I I didn't even want to go officer (laughs) and like he's like you know like well you are who you hang with and I always thought that was bullshit but in a sense it is not because um you know since I have gotten rid of people that I just felt, I don't really like the word toxic, but it's an absolutely appropriate word. 
and it and it works for a lot of things and it, it's very real but um you know just people that i felt like i have to know that i can stick up for my friends with a hundred percent fact knowing that they would have never done something that i couldn't stick up you know what i mean like mm-hmm. uh i know my friends are good people yeah so if someone said something i could without a doubt say he would never or she would never do that that's a hundred percent false and it, i felt like i was getting to a point where there was just people in the skate world back then that were just kind of i don't know and i couldn't trust them and that what when that cop said that it kind of stuck with me and i started as i got older and older you know, into my 20s, I started kind of keeping people at a distance and saying, hey, man, I love you, dude. I, I wish you the best. But like, you know, that that's the best I can do right now. It's you OK know? to grow apart, though. That's like I think that yeah. people kind of overlook that often. It's OK to grow in different directions. Like I've lost yeah. friends. Well, I mean, I guess we've walked away from each other and I can still proudly say that I wish those friends the very best for just not compatible yes. to each other anymore. And that's OK. Yeah, I've gotten rid of a lot of that, like anger, even friends that have done me really, really wrong. Um, and they've contacted me and they have said sorry. And I've said, you know, hey, I appreciate that. And I wish you all the best. You know, um, the answer to your question, can we meet up and hang out is is no, man. But I really appreciate you reaching out like I just, you know, we're going our separate ways. And and that and that's that. And yeah, that and that's not easy. Boundaries are not easy to set but you have to do it because otherwise it's that's when you get into situations that are you got to follow your gut all that another cliche follow your gut if you feel like it's not the right thing it's probably not um it'll prove you right 99% of the time so I'm just waiting for you to release a song just with cliches (laughs) I have a it's hilarious. I had like this note. It was like so bad though. It was, um, it was like every Dan ain't, ain't every Dan ain't the man. Every stand don't have a plan every, <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was writing it like, this was literally like weeks ago. And I went, yeah, we're going to go ahead and chalk that one up to a loss. And I <laughs> kind of just, that's just one of those notes I'll look back on in uh, five years and go, what? <laughs> but I did have a very cliche song that I wanted to uh, joke about cliches you never know if I find the right way to do it yeah it's true I and I mean, even five years from now <laughs> five years from now too I mean sometimes I look at notes from literally when I was 12 years old I listen like I read some of my music when I wrote when I was 12 and I was like this is oh do you know any lines can you remember a 12 year old song line off the top of your head it's a great question um I know you could pull one out I think just the line was like what are you gonna do when the world comes for you like, are you going to back Ooh. down or are you going to like stand up? And it was like that kind of saw. Okay. Honestly, the music that I wrote when I was 12 can She's truly been. be. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that music can be in like a Disney movie or something. It was cheesy, <laughs> but it was cute. It was, it was legitimate, uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, hey, uh, Disney movies got some bops that, uh, that, the, uh, the volcano song and was it Moana? My girlfriend plays that sometimes on uh, ukulele and I'm like, that song slaps. I lava you. Have you ever heard that? I haven't. Oh, it's so good. So it's like two volcanoes singing to each other and he's like, I lava you. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's a banger. You got to check it out. 
Oh, I have to. Have you ever watched Soul? It's a Pixar movie. Oh, dude, Soul was so good. My favorite movie, one of my top three favorite movies. I love Soul. And I think that it's something that especially musicians can really, really resonate with because we lose ourselves all the time. It was killer. Like not a kid's movie in my eyes at all. I was like, this is fucking beautiful. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a good one. We should uh, everyone should watch that. Yes, a hundred percent. Cause it's like, I don't know you, when you love something so much and you like become obsessed with it and then, and then all of a sudden you start losing yourself in the very thing that once gave you life. And it's, it's just such a thin line between mm-hmm. obsession and love and passion. And it's like, Oh, it, it just conceptualizes that so well. I love yeah. soul. <laughs> that movie. I, so I loved it so much. This is so embarrassing. Uh, I was watching the credits because like it was just like I was just kind of sitting there like taking it in. I was like, wow, what a great movie. And like if if you ever sit through a really good movie, you almost find yourself through the credits because you're just like, I've watched that movie like like, five or six times. Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, dude, now that you said it like that is an absolute uh, it's the most rewatchable Pixar movie in a long time. I really like uh I really love animated movies. If you, mm-hmm. my favorite one is uh, Paranorman. If you've ever seen Paranorman, oh my gosh. I'm going to text it to you after this so that you <laughs> remember. Cause it is just, it's about a little kid who sees ghosts basically. And uh, his name is Norman and he's just trying to like grow up and deal with it. And it is incredible though. It's like a stop motion puppetry. Like they built the entire town in like a warehouse so like the houses were like six feet big and the puppets were like you know a foot and a half and like it was a very big project um it just looks amazing and it's the characters are amazing it's really lighthearted, but it's got that like dark aspect you know like this little kid (laughs) who sees ghosts and he's all messed up and everyone thinks he's a weirdo and you know it's just amazing so Put it on the list, Paranorman. You would love it. I don't, it's not DreamWorks. I forget who it is, but uh, it's a great one. Great, great, great movie. Um, But the credits, sorry, I totally interrupted you. (laughs) The credits, no, you're fine. Um, So I found myself sitting through the credits and like, fine, I was like creeping on Instagram, like finding people that did the music, that did the, and I was, I added them on Instagram and messaged them and was like, Hey, I know that you were just, uh, that you did this specific part of this movie, but I just wanted to say that, um, you know, it was incredible. And like all of your efforts together made wow. such an amazing movie. Nobody replied to me. I sent this to like 12 people that worked on soul that I found <laughs> straight up through, I just typed their name into Instagram. And then it would say like, works at Pixar and I was like oh that's him no <laughs> that's so him, like, thank you so much for this incredible movie I love <laughs> that you did that though that's not <laughs> something to be embarrassed of by any that's like oh my god I want to do that like next oh. time I watch a movie I just gotta go and like be like wow grateful for you and your work you're really great it, um, literally yeah and you know I I hope that people saw him whether they respond or not it was just like that movie really did like affect me And while we're on movies, I do want to recommend you one more. Please do. Anyone who's listening, this is, um, I'm making sure I get his name right. 
I believe it's a Hulu thing. Uh, this is one of the most incredible pieces I've ever seen. Uh, the amount of money I would have paid to see this live, if I could afford it, would have been ridiculous. It's called In and of Itself. In and of Itself. And it's by Derek Delgadios. I hope I said his name right. Delgadios. Um, In and of Itself. It's on Hulu. I, the night I quit my job and came home a, a freaking wreck um, and wrote Timber, mm-hmm. legitimately came home and my girlfriend worked there as well. And I texted her and I said, Hey, I have to, I have to leave. Like we were both doing really not, not good there. And, um, she was like, okay, you know, just pick me up in the morning. I was like, I got you. I just, I can't do it tonight. I got to go. Excuse me. I went home, turned on Hulu just to like chill and Mm -hmm. like watch something, you know, mind numbing, something to just take my mind off of the fact that I quite possibly just quit my job. And this had released two minutes into me being home. So it popped up and I was like, oh, what's this? So I looked up the guy and he put up the post two minutes ago. He was like, in and of itself is finally available on Hulu. And I was like, oh, this dude's like a writer. I was like, what is this? Like, do I want to watch this right now? And I watched it. I bawled my eyes out like a super good cry, though. Like it is so well done and so beautiful. It incorporates magic, uh, performance like art, storytelling, comedy, absolute like crowd engagement. And it's just one of the most beautiful pieces in the world. And for your show, it, it really does deal with so many mental things. I don't want to give too much away because there's a lot of really like really cool surprises in this. And so I went and picked my girlfriend up from work, brought her home at 6 a.m. because we work third shift and I watched it again with her. I was like, you have to watch this right now. Like this changed my whole. So in the time from 3 a.m. when I watched it to 6 a.m. when I picked up my girlfriend from work, I had written all of Timber literally after watching this so and i texted probably like 30 people um people i hadn't talked to in a long time that i just felt like would really appreciate this and it's like the only movie i've ever done that with where like i legitimately sent it to dozens of people and were like hey i love you i miss you i think you should i think you would love this and the amount of my the amount of people that got back to me and were like, dude, this was, this was, I'm speechless. It's just one of the most uh, well done, meaningful, entertaining pieces, tearjerker, heartthrob. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's oh amazing. my God. I'll watch it tonight. Honestly, it yeah, sounds amazing. Not enough good things. Please like, tell me what you think of it. Because I think that um, I really like the way that you think about a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. And I just, I feel like it's one of those things that you're going to be like, wow, this is, you're going to find yourself. I guarantee you, you're going to watch it like four times in the next two (laughs) weeks, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to watch it. And then you're going to want to watch it with everyone that you want 
That's show. what happened with soul. That's literally yep. what happened with soul. I'm like, okay, I dissected this, but like you need to dissect this with me. Yeah. We're <laughs> like, you don't even watch the movie. You just watch your friend watching the movie. Yes. And like, like, listen to this I love part. That listen you're to watching that. This. Yeah. <laughs> you saw that, right? Should we rewind it? <laughs> yeah, that's I'm the, oh my God. I just watched um, Ace Ventura Pet Detective with my girlfriend and I was so annoying because she had never <laughs> seen it. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like, you have to watch it. And, you know, here's me just like, oh, righty then. Like every, <laughs> she's just like, let me watch the movie. I'm like, did you see that? Watch this next part. She's like, I'm literally watching the movie. Like, I know, but just, just don't blink right here. Cause this is a good part. No, no, there's a difference between <laughs> looking at and watching. watching yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. It's like the syndrome when I show my friend a song and he goes, He's like, oh, I like how you, uh, you know, this and that. And then I go, oh, you missed that part. <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. that's literally the case. So embarrassing. Oh, my God. No, but it's true. Like, I <laughs> um, I think I mentioned this with every single one of my interviews. My favorite artist <laughs> is Youngblood. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. I don't know no. too much of his stuff. I know a couple songs. I've, I've heard a couple songs by him, but I'll have to, I'll have to check him out a little more. I love his music. So he, he sings a lot about, you know, mental health awareness and politics and yeah. something that I really like, but he, I remember showing him to my friends and being like, okay, no, no, but you have to like read the lyrics. Like, what do you think that means to you? Because this is what I think it means to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's awesome though. Cause like, it's just, I don't know. It gets me excited. I like when my friends do that. Like at that point, I'll be like, bro, just let me watch the movie. <laughs> but we love to see like how excited people get to show yeah. you movies or art or songs. It's and like, you feed off of that excitement, it, like builds absolutely. excitement towards it too. It's like shared love. I love it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like if you walk out on stage and you're like, oh, hey guys, <laughs> the crowd's just going to be like, oh my God, time to, I guess now's a good time for a bathroom break or something. You know, it's <laughs> like if you walk out and you, you know, you're just like, you got that that energy about you. It's, it gets people stoked. It stokes the inner fire. And, no, uh, you're totally right. Yeah, those two. Um, gosh, soul. I can't say enough good. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think about in and of itself. I'm excited to watch amazing. it. I'm so looking forward to watching it. He um, wrote a book too that I really wanna. I want to try and read a couple books this year. That's a that's a goal that I keep saying. And every year I get like halfway through a book and I go, ah did I just can't do it no I get that uh, I wish I was a reader all my friends are readers and like books are great and I'm like I mm, know I they are. cannot read I don't know why I can't read <laughs> I know it's tough man I think it's um it's just you know I, I think that reading and writing I, they're a similar thing they give a similar thing but uh I do think like reading and not thinking about anything and just reading someone else's thing is really nice to do uh yes and you know I've gotten through a couple uh a couple books in the past few years but it's like I've read maybe two books in the past four years and I've wanted to read you know four a year type of thing I read a lot um, of lyrics <laughs> does that count? yeah I mean but hey that's absolutely it does count especially when you know you and I probably I read do you know David Berman sounds super familiar yeah there's um, an amazing book uh, that my poetry buddy, he actually teaches poetry in Florida. He's a poetry professor. That now. is so cool. Wow. Yeah. And he's, he's, uh, he's incredible. He's an absolute, he's an absolute genius in my opinion, when it comes to words uh, like 
in my opinion, he is unbiasedly one of the be- one of my favorite poets. Uh, is his voice through poetry is just amazing. He's very like Hunter S. Thompson. He's very like mm-hmm. there's something twisted in here, and like it's it's crazy the voice and the character that he kind of portrays through his poetry. But he gave me a David Berman book that. Uh, and he's from the Silver Jews, a band called the Silver Jews, who I don't listen to a lot, but uh, lyrically just, oh, my God, you would love it. <laughs> and uh, he has a book called Absolute Air, mm-hmm. I believe it's called, or I think it's Absolute Air, David Berman. Um, and it's it's absolutely incredible. So if I could give you another recommendation yeah, from you, that 100%. would be uh, that would be definitely one. And it's a poetry book. Yes, it is okay. a collection of all his all all of his poetry. That I can read. I actually like storm through poetry books. I love. Like, oh, it's books. so easy. Like I actually had to. I read that whole book in yeah, like days, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna read like two to three poems a night, because I really didn't want to finish it. Mm. It was like I looked forward to it every night, and I found myself reading like twelve a night. So I was done in like under a week, and I was like rereading them and picking out my favorites and. Um, I was actually reading a David Berman poem when I thought of the very first line for Magnificent. So mm. Magnificent was weird because I wrote the lyrics before any of the music. And it flip-flops. Sometimes I'll write lyrics first. Sometimes I'll write a guitar first or a keyboard part mm. or synth. And um, I was like explaining a David Berman line to my girlfriend. And I was like trying to I was like, do you, do you get like that line? And she was like, I think so. She's like, it's really like, like there's a lot going on. It's hard to tell what he's actually talking about. So I kind of dissected the line for her. And I was like, so really all he's saying is that he's at a parade. But, you know, <laughs> it's like five lines that were just like, you know, the, you know how poetry is. It's just oh, yeah. like not oh, direct. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I get, I can see that now. And I was like, you're not seeing like the imagery of it though, huh? And she was like, I'm trying. And I was like, so basically like right now, and we were sitting outside under the fire and I was like, so basically right now, like we could turn this into easy, easy poetry, right? Like I sat quietly under the paint splattered tarp of the sky and thought to myself, why do we make this so hard? And she was like, okay and I was like but you know what that means and literally I said that line word for fucking word and then I looked at her and I was like I'll be right back oh, you I, see me inside, <laughs> I grabbed my notebook I came back out and that was it that was it like the song just came out and I was like I didn't talk to her for like 10 minutes I just kept doing this I was like so sorry just <laughs> one second no and, but musicians know that feeling when you're like yeah and you're like okay just i just need quiet because it's right there and i just need to like write it yeah. out or forget it <laughs> exactly and luckily like she's so good about it she understands now like she she'll just like pull out her ipad and start drawing or you know she'll just hang out and be like okay yeah do your thing but that song like came out of thin air from reading one of his poems and then trying to describe it to my girlfriend by making a really bad metaphor off the top of my head that actually ended up sticking. But also and being great. Like, God, I kind of like that. I was like, oh. No, and that's and exactly yeah. art breeds art. Like literally exactly. we are so inspired by other art that we like, 
want to tell other people about it. And we're like, okay, but like, look, this is what they mean. And then, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I can write about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like there's certain times you realize what something's about and you're just like, oh my gosh, it gives you that like M. Night Shyamalan twist. Like right when you think, you know, it's about, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's really exciting. And I think that, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a couple recommendations to you after talking to you. I'm like, oh my gosh, you would love these. Like, <laughs> I think, I think you would absolutely love them. I think I would too. Honestly, I'm going to explore everything that you told me between Paranorman um, in and of itself, as well as the David Berman thing. <laughs> Amazing. You, you nailed Amazing. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, I think it's time for us to wrap up, given that it's almost been two hours. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. This episode is actually the last interview of season one, but next week there will be a wrap-up episode. Season two is well in the works and coming out in a couple of months, so stay tuned for details in regards to that. You can follow us on Instagram at Music Mentality with Angie for updates, and there are just so many great guests lined up for season two and amazing things planned. I'm so excited, but the details for that are saved for another day, so we'll keep it for then. <laughs> Thank you again for listening, and see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at Music Mentality with Angie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.